and welcome to episode 43 of Right Brain. My name is Jeff Dubo. I'll be your host. I'm the author of The Life Engineered and the upcoming A God in the Shed. I'm joined by the glorious Paul Inman, the author of science fiction Wunderkind Ageless. <laughs> uh, that's, that's not a good word for this. Um, Paul, how are you doing? I'm great. I love my introductions. I, I just can't wait till like we hit like episode 143. And it's just going to be like, and there's Paul. He's here. Whatever. It's probably going to get to that. The, the worst times for me to do intros for show, um, for shows, plural, is the is when I've just recorded another show for huh. that, that I do. And I had to do the intro, in the intro for that one, which basically means I'm out of ideas once I get here. Right. It's recycling things at this point. So Recycling or just babbling incoherently. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what happened this time. Just tying my tongue in a knot and pulling on both ends. How you so doing, how's man? it going? No, I uh, asked uh, first. Oh, okay. Well, uh, things are going pretty good. I can actually, I uh, can say that I just spent more money than I have on um, some new furniture for, for our, our house. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm back to broke. Well, I was already broke. Now I'm owing, you know, I'm owing people now. So it's going to come it's and break my legs soon, you know, so... No, oh, you went. No. You, you went with the, the the South Carolina mafia. It's yeah, an exactly. interesting choice. Well, you know their interest rate was really super high, so. <laughs> and you can pay in body parts. That's good. Right there, you go. And I've got a couple of limbs that I'm not really using right this minute. So <laughs> who needs two kidneys? That's right. There you go. So um, no, I'm I've, I'm also in the paying more money than I have uh, situation, but um, mine sounds more glorious. Is that I need to I need to uh, to book some tickets to go down to Long Beach for the end of the month for um, for StokerCon, the Horror Writer Association's annual convention. It's gonna be sounds weird. pretty awesome, actually. No, it sounds like a nightmare, Paul. Because, see, here's the situation. As you may know, I am nobody <laughs> in the writing industry. I mean, let's face it. No one knows who I am there. I don't have any friends going there. I'm going to this, this industry-specific convention, which costs a lot just to enter. And is it going to be... Three days of walking around and watching other people who other people who know each other talk shop and just not having the guts to get immersed in their conversation. Um, yeah, that sounds like terrible, terrible for you. Not fun at all. Um, so nobody's going there, you know? It, anybody there? I don't know anybody that's gonna be there. I mean, I've I've asked like on social media and stuff, and I don't know anyone personally that's gonna be there. So no. I'm, I'm just going there alone. But it has to be done. I have to teach myself to be more social, to be better at right. networking, and to interact with what I hope will be my peers and contemporaries. It's just really hard to push myself to do that, especially at the cost of uh, the, the entry price and the, the, the plane ticket necessary to get there. But here's the thing, and this is where this is where I get a bit less uh, my, my my usual rational skeptical self and a bit more, how should I say, hippie yeah. in a way. Good work. 
every time every time recently that i've been um every time recently that i've tried to go to something that i knew or thought would be somewhat of a catastrophe i've always walked out thinking you know what that was at least worth it and sometimes walking out saying this was amazing and absolutely worth every penny and every minute that well I let's there. hope here's hoping that that's what the case is this time yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm hoping so and if not like it'll be my first year there and i'll get to know the faces and i'll get to know what the dynamics are and if for any reason aganished is at least more than mediocre um, next year when I go, it'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll know what the dynamics are better and I'll be better equipped to, uh, to enjoy myself. Very cool. Didn't you just go to Adepticon, correct? I went to Adepticon, but Adepticon is, is a vacation. That's, that's where I go to have fun. Meanwhile, oh, so this that's is, where the this fun is happens. work. That's where the yeah. fun happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now we've cleared that up. So JF, you, we've come back to right brain, um, in a less sporadic time frame, apparently, hopefully, um, <laughs> What is it that we are here to accomplish today, sir? We're here to t- do a, a second part on what is currently an ongoing series on characters in writing. Yeah. And unfortunately, we only have each other to sort of bounce ideas off of. And neither of us are best-selling authors, so we're doing our best with this. Right, right. And uh, I mean, apparently it was so good that we brought it back for a part two, a sequel. <laughs> it's mostly because I feel like we only scratched the surface of what, what we could do. And I agree. Last week, uh, I started something new. Uh, again, stepping way out of my comfort zone, I, uh, I decided to take a screenwriting class. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many reasons for that. But one of the main reasons, one of the most uh, pertinent reasons for taking this class is that as you may know from watching movies, dialogue's pretty important. Yeah, Whether, I would say so. And this isn't just screenwriting. Screenwriting is also playwriting. So it's very, it's 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 a little more, more global. And plays are even more dependent on dialogue. So dialogue is cool because dialogue is usually a very. It's a. It's a. I say it's the. The canvas upon which a character is painted a lot of the times, that's mm-hmm. where their personality shines. So wouldn't you know, the first thing we do in the first class is start working on characters. Perfect. It's pretty rad. Man, that's a great tie-in to our show. I don't know how we come up with these great shows. We, we work hard at coming <laughs> up with these ideas. We have... The listeners may not know this, but Paul and I have multiple we- meetings during the week, and yes. during which we we brainstorm what we're going to be doing, and we do none of what I just described. <laughs> so, At what all. happened in in your first? What happened in your first session? Like, what when when you started working on characters? Like, how did what peel it back? Like, it's you know layers of an onion. What what happened? How does well, it work? Here, here's the thing. Like the, I have no idea how to do screenwriting. I've like I am I'm, I'm of the mind that I should learn how to do it. I've been told, oh, you know, just look, just learn, just read some other scripts and see how it's done and base yourself on that. Like as long as you know how to create characters, as long as you know how to write dialogue, as long as you know how to write, 
whether you're writing a novel or writing a screenplay, the differences aren't that huge. Like you're probably going to end up being a bit too long-winded for a screenplay, but you can adjust, like you can get started with that. And that's fine, but I decided, you know what, let's go do the screenplay thing. Anyways, one of my friends uh, pointed out that it was a class downtown, in, in town, and I figured, you know, might as well pers- you know, further my education a bit. Um, I didn't know what to expect there. Like I was kind of expecting a classroom. We're going to sit down and we're going to basically learn the syntax of a screenplay. What the, the do's and don'ts be very technical in that approach. Interesting. Um, See, I thought this was an online class you were taking. Oh, no, no, no. I'm no, there. It's an actual class. It's it's wow. a class and it's 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 in meat space. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting together around a table with uh, three other students and our teacher and we're... Um, we're, we're, we're doing character stuff right now. And character cool. stuff, what was interesting, and I, I think this is where we're going to touch the nerd bones. Um, that sounded way more dirty than I wanted it to be. <laughs> Please, somebody, quote JF on that, tweet it out. We'll no need. It. I'll, I'll take care of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, my Paul. gosh. Paul, yeah, let me let me ask you a question so that we can. I don't move know if I can this. answer it if it's gonna be that kind of question. <laughs> don't make don't make me look for a new co-host. <laughs> so, apart from writing, where else do you create characters? Me, uh, I uh, I like to do short films. I like to write music, which. I usually think in terms of a, a character, a, a story happening in a song. That's the way I, I like to make my songs too. Um, but in the short films, I create the characters for obviously the the screen or, or YouTube or whatever you want to call it. So, where else would I create characters, JF? Well, if you were a real nerd, a complete dork, an oh, accomplished Video geek, games. video games. <sighs> no. No. I guess, yes. Okay. But what kind of video games, Paul? RPGs. Yes. Role-playing games. Yes. Very good. Is that what you guys started at? Is that what you no, talked about? No. But I'm going to tie it back to that. Oh, okay. That's cool. It's because the, the, the class itself is... Um, hmm. It's very... It's not technical. It's very much... We, we get together, we, we talk about things, and it's, it's very uh, interactive in that sense. It's not mm-hmm. just someone uh, vomiting information at us. But one of the things that we touched on, the, uh, the, we, we almost immediately did an exercise. Actually, we did, uh, we did several exercises, but one of the first ones that we did, which was very interesting, is we did something called the Pru Questionnaire. Have you ever heard about that? No. How do you spell it? Uh, P-R-O-U-S-T questionnaire. There's even a Wikipedia page uh, about it with all the questions and uh, the answers that were given by Marcel Prou, uh, the author. And we basically went through these questions. Now, okay. here's the thing. Like, these are, we did the questionnaire as if we were answering as ourselves because the, the, the point of doing this questionnaire was to better understand how to sort of create and understand and, and, and have a good feel for a character. Right. The idea being that the better you know a character, the better you can write the character. And the questions are very Cosmo article in a way. Like a lot of things like what's your favorite virtue? What's the principal aspect of my personality? Um, 
what's my idea of misery? What is, uh, what would be your greatest misfortune? And you answer all these questions and went through like, there's, there was like 30 questions. It's, it, I, I look at what's on the, the Wikipedia page. It was exactly what we went through, but very much like generally the same thing. So it's like a, a personality test, basically. It's a very generic personality test, but okay. this one's interesting because it touches on it at least very much the one we did and this one also in general went back and forth between generalities and specific personality things and uh and personal history things and basically touching on a, a wide variety of what feel like unconnected issues and I'm just going to go through like, okay, we're going to, this is going to get a bit autobiographical of me. So bear with me. Um, <laughs> but you'll understand where I kind of felt that, where I found this tool to be more than the sum of its parts. Okay, I'm going to go on a tangent for a split second. Split go second. Go right ahead. So someday... When mm -hmm. a god in the shed, one, two, three, five, seven, however many you write. There's only three. It's a trilogy. Uh, okay. There's a trilogy now until you have the prequel tr trilogy when you hit, you know, your midlife crisis, right? So, <laughs> anyway, um, this particular episode, number 43, people are going to come back to and they're going to learn about JF from your own mouth, JF. That's pretty cool. That's, that, that is, that's, that's fine. None, none of what <laughs> I'm about to say is secret is just... <laughs> autobiographical i just find it funny so, that you put it that way but anyway go ahead. <laughs> so here's the thing like i answered the questionnaire very much from my point of view and there are some questions like what are some of your favorite traits what who is who is the, the person that you admire the most and i gave my answers and a lot of these answers were um when you put them together they don't just describe me as a person, as a character, but they also tell the story. They give the basics of my arc. So when I was asked things like, "What's the f what moment in your life do you regret the most? Well, one of them was uh, not kissing my wife goodbye uh, when I went on a long trip. Uh, when, and the, the, uh, what, what's the, what was your favorite day? And I gave, I gave basically the day of our, uh, of our wedding, which was a cruise wedding. And a lot of things went back to all these events like what's your favorite item i'm not a guy who puts a lot of emotional weight on specific items but i do have a watch that we got on our cruise marriage that is super precious to me and i almost never wear it because i don't want to damage it and when you put anybody that under that knows my story that knows where like my my my, my recent history so to speak that would read these answers and know what each of these answers are could would get a very specific arc as to what my story's been now transpose that to your characters forcing yourself mm -hmm. to answer all of these questions you end up not just with a character sheet and this is where we're starting to tie it back to the rpgs but you don't just end up with a character sheet of who those characters are but you end up with their story right and that's pretty awesome. And this led me down a rabbit hole, man. <laughs> I can see how that happens to you a lot. So remember how I referred to this questionnaire feeling a bit like a Cosmo thing? Right. I did not do Cosmo questionnaires. However. You found a good one or something? 
No, I didn't find a specific good one. But I realized that what I want to do and what I think anybody that feels that they want to, that, 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 that feel challenged to create characters, create credible characters, I wouldn't do that for every bit part. But for your main characters, if you're someone who uses social media, you see these tests, these personality tests pop up here and there. You've got BuzzFeed tests. You've got tests for like your specific personality acronyms and things like that. Right. Start taking them, but not as yourself, but as your characters. There's two reasons for that. You'll quickly find some of these tests that you'll maybe want to bookmark and use for later, especially the, um, what's the name of that character's test, that, 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 that personality test that gives you a four letter um, kind of person, personality type? Uh, I, I don't know. I'll look it up while I keep talking, but the whole okay. point <laughs> is, um, yeah, you, 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 you'll get some of these tests. You'll get some other tests that are more specific to like, um, to, 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 to like which kind of villain you are, which kind of hero you are and right. being like bookmarking a handful of these tests so that first of all, when you do want to create a character, you can go and, and, and go down your your uh, your sort of your bookmark folder and pick them all up and try them and and fill them out so that you can get that perspective on your character but at it's, the same time sorry it's go Myers ahead. Myers Briggs Myers Briggs the there you go Matt, exactly yeah, yeah if you've like I know get, it, I know it I just a, didn't know the name of it yeah I'm it's it's one of those things I have terrible memory so remembering uh, a name <clears> like that was impossible for me yeah but yeah, doing the Myers Briggs, Briggs character personality test for your characters, doing other personality tests. Like if you can find tests, I say like, what uh, what kind of villain are you, and have your hero answer that test and do the reverse. It's gonna give you some really weird insights as to how your character would answer these things. And even if you the results of the tests are pointless, like oh, like which super villain are you? I'm Thanos, like or my my super my 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 protagonist is would have answered questions and would have been you know I don't know Venom, whatever. It's not the answer <laughs> that's interesting. It's the process of doing of answering the questionnaires through the point of view of your character. So you get to learn about your character, and your character gets to become um less fictional in your mind at least you know so you get to make them someone uh well make them someone you know right Isn't exactly you... it it allows you to first of all when answering when answering some of these these questionnaires it, the, the the answers to the question force you to fill in the blanks to their history because one of the things that sometimes we tend to forget is that a character isn't just a snapshot of who they are in the present. They have to be built on a foundation and that foundation exactly. is their experiences. Exactly. So being able to say when, when there's dumb questions like, and this is another thing that I brought up during when, when we did the, uh, the, the Prue questionnaire during the, uh, during the class is if you want to dig deeper to any into any of the traits that do pop out from that questionnaire is once you have that answer ask why so even if you have a dumb question what is your character's favorite dessert cake chocolate cake chocolate mousse cake why 
if there's a reason, then you can add that and you, you, you can build, it can be something useless that you'll never use, or it can be a slice of life. Well, that's what his, my character's mom always made him for his birthday. And that's why he loves it so much. Or that's what my character's like, my, that's what my character's wife made him the day before she was murdered. You can add these little details that will probably never show up in your actual book. But the more you know them and they're in the back of your mind, as you write the characters, you can have them, you can have the characters have the proper beats because you understand them better. That makes sense? Yeah, definitely, dude. I think that is a perfect way to get to um, realize who your characters actually are. And and I think that you really found something special here because I've never I've never done anything like that. Like I've just done like a character sheet where I just you know come up with a character's name and then maybe a little bit of history. You know, just maybe even recent history, uh, but. I don't have a lot of experience with creating characters, especially like an ageless. The people that I created were, you know, I, I lived most of their life, you know, so in the book. So I kind of did something like that, what? but I didn't. Yeah. You, you were, you got experimented on by Nazis? Yeah, I know. So. Explains a lot. I didn't, I didn't live their life. I'm saying through the book, we as oh, people okay. experience their life together, you know, the reader and the writer. That makes life. more sense it than makes what sense. I thought. It makes more sense than probably what I said. <laughs> it Yes, also that. <laughs> now, here's the thing, and this is where... Cause, okay, I have a pet peeve about fellow writers, Paul. Oh, I'm, uh, not, not, not a lot of the, the, the writers that I know personally, but a lot of writers that I see like posting things like on social media. I'm part of a, a few uh, writers group um, on Facebook. And... Very often, I see people complaining that, man, I wish I had the motivation or the inspiration to write. I am not going to get on my soapbox and pull out my rant about that because it is. this is not supposed to be a three-hour show. <laughs> but Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you are one of those writers that once in a while you feel like you should be writing but for some reason you don't have the magical inspiration, no muses is appearing in your office and holding your hand as it scribbles for you, here's what you can do instead of writing because for some reason you can't write. Which I understand. I can understand. Writer's block is a thing. But since you need to be creating to be able to go past writer's block, do some personality tests for your characters. I think that's a great idea. It'll put Learn. you back in your story. It'll put you yeah. back in your characters. Yep. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you learn so much about your characters. Like, that's one thing um, creating, <clears throat> excuse me, creating Alessandra in Ageless. Like, I, that's that's why I decided to... I don't know. That's part of the reason I decided to make it a story that lasted such a long period of time. Like, for example, uh, I just, um, yes, forgive me, this book has been out a long time, but I just finished reading uh, Nick, Scott, and Noah Gavin's um, Practical, uh, what is it called? Practical Applications of Multiverse, Multiverse Theory. Yeah. And in the course of that book, they, they go from Monday th to Friday. 
which is great. That's fine. But when I was uh, writing Ageless, I wanted to experience this person's whole entire, you know, how, everything that they have, they've, they've experienced. Um, so that's why that book ended up being like 90, 100 years long. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. not the book itself, but I mean, the story took no, place I, I, over. I went through it pretty quick myself. <laughs> like, wow, it took you that long to read it? Yeah. <laughs> it did. It took me a while. You know, a word a word a week, you know, so... Um, but that's that I found interesting. And the funny thing is, is like uh, my uh, developmental developmental editor said something similar was she was like, this is sort of like a character development for this character. Like there's things in here that you don't really need to know about. But then there's other things that I feel are important that you're leaving out. So I went back and I tweaked it and fixed it, you know, made it better or better is subjective, I guess, to the reader. But. I made it better for me as the writer, you know, so. Just accept. You made it better for everyone. Everybody's happy. I did. Everyone everyone loves it. They're like, yes, Perfect. you're the best writer in the world, except for JF, you know, so. <laughs> Not quite unfortunate that we will both die before our genius is recognized, but that's cool. That's fine. We're fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> so. So get back went, to the RPG thing. Oh, no, no. You Are you? No, no, I'm not done. That's the next part of the rabbit hole. And that's okay, the thing. Good. I've done, I've, I've played RPGs for a very large portion of my life. Um, I think my brother introduced me to D&D when I was seven years old. And back then it was a little more than a board game to us. But still, one of the things that drew me to writing and writing uh, books and novels is that for the longest time doing RPGs, I wanted to create stories. Meanwhile, a lot of people I played with wanted to roll dice and get drunk and say dumb things, which is its own fun. Don't get me wrong. But I would show up with intricate characters and very complex storylines and have people try to, I don't know, nuke Paris or whatever they they wanted to do. Like, Not interested in the story at all. So I, I... got rid of the superfluous aspect of the role-playing, which is the other players, and just started writing my own stuff. There you go. But one thing, which is weird, I had never considered going back to the actual character creation process of an RPG to help me refine... like. None of these techniques are there to replace how you come up with a character for your story at all. These are just things that you kind of attach to your normal process to help drill down deeper. And one of the things about, um, about RPGs is that usually you have obviously statistics. You have very numerical, very specific, this character is this strong, this charismatic, this wise, etc., etc. So anybody that's played a Dungeon Dragon type game will know how that works. And if you're not into RPGs, I wouldn't necessarily suggest adding that to your tools of character creations. But if you are and you're not already doing that kind of thing, it's probably like I know I'm going to try I have a specific project in mind where I'm going to be applying some of these techniques and one of them will be creating a RPG like character sheet for my characters so that I have an idea of their comparative competence in ver for various traits so like like 
a stats page for each of your characters, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. It's it's not something I would do for every project. There are some projects because obviously you have some project where you know the character so well that the idea of having to drill down feels a bit meaningless. Right. But sometimes, and maybe you're a good candidate for that because you uh, you're, you're writing sort of spin-off books from an original book and exploring a character that you had created, but yeah. now you're exploring him further in another book. Mm-hmm. Being able to nail down that what was originally a secondary character and now is now is a primary character, being able to nail down their persona- personality in more detail is definitely something that, that could be useful, in yeah, my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. That's absolutely. And uh, I the reason I asked you to spell the uh, questionnaire the guy's name uh, was because I wanted to write down <laughs> so I could go back and do it for my character. That's kind of hilarious, actually, that you brought it up. But I think that you're exactly right. This is a perfect way to be able to dig deeper into character. And I can't wait to try it, to be honest with you. So probably tonight when we get done with the podcast, my goal, hopefully, is to give it a shot and see what I can pull out of these personality tests. So... Yeah, and I'm I'm definitely going to be like the the, the Mirrors Briars um, personality test. I'm going to be bookmarking that. I'm going to be looking for a, a couple of other personality tests that are more generic. Um, you know, I was joking around with BuzzFeed tests, like which superhero are you, and half joking, I guess. But I want yeah, I was to say find... it could help. <clears throat> it could, it could definitely. And like I said, the, it's not necessarily the answer that you get from Buzzfeed that's going to be important. It's mostly how you will answer the questions because a lot of these questions are super generic things like, Oh, what is your favorite vacation spot? Well, what would be my character's favorite vacation spot? And what does that answer say about them? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what what uh, your main character in uh, a god in the shed. The main character, who you consider the main character, you don't have to tell us. What's their favorite vacation spot, Jeff? Hmm, their favorite vacation spot would be. See, this is interesting because I have a sequel for this to write, and her her their their her favorite vacation spot would be uh, Germany. Hmm, interesting. And the reasons for that, and this isn't anything that's spoilery, but the reasons for that would be because that was a family vacation. Huh. See, that's just cool. this this is why this process is interesting and why I think, especially if you're if you're going into sequels, if you're going into and I, I'm, I'm I'm cutting myself off. Okay, I'm cutting myself off <laughs> and going on my own tangent. This is how crazy I am. Okay, so Think about that. Let's say you're thinking, because right now we're talking about you You and I have written uh, books that happen in the real world. We know people that have created their own world. Um, right. pe- yeah, whether it's people that have written books, post-apocalyptic books in the future where everything's changed or they're in a fantasy world. How interesting does it become to have a fictional character and you have to pick their favorite fictional vac- vacation spot? It becomes, uh, well, I, th- I find it challenging because I was trying to think of it for some of the characters like uh, a new character in the, st- well, sort of new character in the, the new story that I'm working on. Um, 
trying to figure out where their favorite vacation spot would be. And I would think an island, an island vacation, like going to an like you know one of the islands in uh, in like the Caribbean maybe or something. I think that. Yeah, I think that would be a, a place. Yeah, but when let, let's say you think about say characters from Game of Thrones that don't know what the Caribbeans are, uh, what what's Tyrion Lannister's oh, favorite vacation spot? I don't you know. See what somewhere I mean? Or... It gets it gets curious because then it forces you to sort of drill down not just in the character but the character's relationship with certain places, mm-hmm. which then in turn makes those places a bit more real. Etc. Etc. Right. That's cool. So, one class, one screenwriting class, Paul. Oh, right. Already, I, I feel. <laughs> already, I feel like I have seven more of these to do. Well, six. I'm gonna miss one because I'm gonna be in Long Beach for one. But one class like this that originally I wasn't even sure I was gonna keep going because it wasn't the technical writing class I was expecting. And already, just by expanding on what we touched on during that class, has, I don't want to say changed, but has really added a whole new dimension to how I'm going to be approaching certain characters. Especially since I'm looking at doing, like, a couple of the projects I want to be looking at are going to have fairly large casts. And I want each of the characters, like one of the projects I'm working on is like, I want to do this, this kind of weird sci-fi young adult ish book series. That's not young adult as in like romantic triangles and all that dumb stuff. Well, it's not dumb. It's just not my thing. Um, but I'm, I'm going to be juggling a dozen characters and I want each of them to feel as real as possible. So that's this, these are tools that I didn't have, didn't think I needed, but now that I know they exist, oof. you you seem grateful. You seem grateful. I am super grateful because, like I said, going circling back, bookending this properly to the beginning of the episode. One of my biggest weaknesses as a writer is dialogue. I am not super strong at dialogue. My dialogue isn't bad. It's just not. It's not the snappy Joss Whedon stuff, you know? It's not, like, I want my characters to, well, okay, in, in Joss Whedon's case, like, they don't necessarily all sound super distinct, but they all sound cool. I want my characters <laughs> to both sound cool, and I want them to sound distinct. I want to be able to grab two quotes from my books take them out of context and be able to identify which character says it just because of how it's said. And to do that, you need to have a supernatural understanding of your characters. So what have we learned here today, ladies and gentlemen? We've learned that JF wants his characters to be cool. He's like, damn it, I want my characters to be like leather jacket wearing, motorcycle riding, cool guys smoking cigarettes and listening to that rap music or something. (laughs) Everyone's a greaser in my books now. Every every single character is, is, and everyone's going to be settling their differences through dance. And and they all have snappy one-liners. There you go. Exactly. It's going to (laughs) be... terrible <laughs> but you know what i mean by having like characters that sound like oh, have yeah, totally 
and it's it's a very difficult balance. I don't think that um, the people who are good at that necessarily get enough credit for doing it because it's a very difficult balance to create characters, give them dialogue that a furthers the story. Having dialogue just for the sake of dialogue is a waste of page. It either needs to further story or further character arcs. B, the dialogue needs to be, uh, the, 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 the speech patterns need to be particular to the character. It needs to be them, right? Very specific to the character. Right. And then four, sound fun to read. And finally, sound real. Sound like something that you would hear someone say and not feel like it's rehearsed. Otherwise, then your book sounds like it's basically the transcript from a soap opera. Right. You know, I, I'd like to think I'm good at dialogue. I've gotten a couple of compliments, but I don't. Yeah, really right. Know. You're you you actually I, I I gotta say you do better at dialogue than I feel that I do. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I like writing dialogue, especially, and you know, you you know the feeling that you get when you know that what you're writing is good. You know that no. feeling. Yeah, no. you do. Yes, you do. I, I, I seriously don't. No, you know what when, I'm saying. When you're sitting there writing, you're like, yes, and it's flowing really nicely. It's that feeling. No. That we're, the the oh best, okay, the best I get is this is fun to write. It's okay. never this is a good result. I Now, I'm not just putting myself down. Later, like months later, I'll reread certain things I've written and go, nailed it. I I figured like I that was good. Like I didn't feel it was good at the time, but now that I reread it in context, now that I've kind of forgotten what it was, I'm rereading it. Yeah, that was pretty good. I did a good job for that. Okay, so it's, maybe it's I'm never not, in the moment. I'm ne- maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't. Maybe I mean the fun aspect, fun to write when you mm. oh, feel yeah, yeah, in the zone. You know, when you feel in the zone, mm-hmm. that's when yeah, I yeah. and I go back and I reread it later, like you're talking about, and I can tell that I felt. This section, I, I must have felt in the zone because this section seems to really work. You know what I mean? That's, that's all I was trying to say. No, no, and, and you're, you're right. That does happen. Some, but I, I get the opposite too where sometimes I'll write something, I feel I'm in the zone, I'll reread it later and it's garbage. And well, yeah, sometimes sure. I'll really struggle and fight to get something written. And when I reread it later, I go, yeah, that was worth the effort. I, it was worth beating myself up for two hours to write those five lines. Mm-hmm. It's a fun little weird process we've decided to do, you and I, Paul. Yes. Um, you know what? I think that the, you know what I think the reader, the listeners, the readers, wow, the listeners should do, uh, maybe we should give them some homework. Do a little questionnaire, any kind, something short. It doesn't matter. Something from BuzzFeed. But do it in the main character or whatever you're working on now. And if it helps you out, Send us a tweet at rightbrain underscore and, you know, tell JF thank you or, you know. Uh, yeah, just let us know. Let us know him. what you got from us. <laughs> yeah. If it doesn't work for you at all, it was all JF's fault, you know. So there you go. The, the fun thing about doing this podcast and doing it from the point of view of someone who is generally ignorant uh, is that <laughs> every time I discover something like that, and talk about on the show, I kind of expect, expect the entire internet to say, yeah, of course, everyone does that more. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And to be to be fair, I do expect, like I talk, talked about like doing sort of character sheet type things to, to, to help flesh out characters. And I have no problem imagining that someone like Rick Hines, the author of uh, Seventh Age Dawn, probably does that because he's huge into RPGs. So why wouldn't he? 
Right, exactly. But see, me, who I've played RPGs, but I it's not something that I like really got hardcore into like i didn't i didn't think about that like you know i don't don't know i just didn't think of it that way so there's probably lots of people like me and lots of people like um rick who are Uh, i I don't know if rick actually does that is that if he did possibly that would would not come as a surprise right possibly well you know what i'm saying is there's both ends of the spectrum and there's probably people in the middle you know so uh that's what this is good for i think It, it just gives us Give some uh, insight or maybe some some new information to people who don't know, like me, and then like you sometimes, or mostly me. A lot of the time. <laughs> no, no, I'm. Uh, it's, it's the the what's interesting about learning all these tricks as I go along and I sort of research things is discovering how deep the well of my ignorance runs. Yes. So we we have another five minutes, deep. Paul. Do you, do you have any uh, character creation tips you'd like to share? Uh, I mean, it, well, I kind of talked about what I did last, last week, mostly. Uh, so just, I like to, I like characters that are, are, that seem like real people, like they could be your neighbor. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I like. Mm. I like people, but I also like people, characters that, uh, are a little bit wacky. Like they could be your neighbor, but they're the neighbor that you're kind of annoyed with because they always leave like trash on the edge of your yard. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of characters where you're just like, gosh, what is wrong with this guy? A little bit. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like wasting our five minutes. Tick tock, tick tock. <laughs> well, it's fine. We don't, we don't need. We, we, no, we can no. just end the show. It's fine. I, I feel that we've, uh, we, we've gotten. I, I, f- I personally feel that I got really enriched during the, 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 since the last episode, just delving deeper and kind of like stumbling as backwards into the, this, the, the benefits from the screenwriting class. And I'm really looking forward to my next class on Thursday to see how, how much deeper that goes and what else we learn. And I feel like, I don't know if I'm going to be doing like 40 minutes on every class I do during right brain. Cause we have other things that we need to talk about, yeah, yeah, yeah. but definitely going to re- keep reporting as I'm taking this class to, uh, you know, ex- ex- you know, whatever insight I find, especially since we, it's mostly dialogue. It's mostly characters. Um, this, this is all things that are relevant to us. So whatever I discover during that class, I'm going to bring back to the show. That sounds awesome. Um, do, do you know, do you have like a schedule of what's going on for each class? Nope. We have you no just curriculum. Show <laughs> no curriculum. Yeah. Oh, well, no curriculum great... that I know of. So no, the, the, the <laughs> teacher has, she's got her, she's got her things. Like she knows what she's doing. Like it's not the first time she's teaching this class and she's not doing it off the cuff. But at the same time, it's not like she she gave us a syllabus telling us, okay, well, uh, this gotcha. is what we're going to be doing. Um, we're it's just we show up and we do our exercises and we 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 talk and we we ask questions and so it's very interactive. It's a very very small class, so we can afford to do that kind of thing. That's cool. So now I guess here's the question, the the takeaway question here, or you know, um, the final question for you, JF. Since you um, sat through the class and you did through do all, do all this stuff in the first class. Did you apply any of that yet? Actually, I kind of did a little. Yeah, because I've been. I'm, I'm. It's it's funny because I I did it a little because I'm not. I wasn't writing writing. I was writing some some uh, pitches and plotting out things. Right. Um, but to get a better feel for some of the characters, I did sort of a, a bit of the superficial questions to the questionnaire because I wanted to understand why the characters would be in the situations I'm 
I want to put them through in, in the plotting portion of, of what I'm working on. So that's cool. A little, but not like not in an official like sitting down with the questionnaire and answering it. You gotta understand, like I only the the the, the class I took was a couple of days ago. Yeah. So yeah. I I didn't have that much time to to look into it. I was mostly just doing research to find other tricks like that. But it's like anything that you learn, right? You uh, you kind of assimilate it and it becomes part of your process, whether you want it or not. So while I didn't necessarily sit down with a questionnaire and write down huge character sheets and, and biography for each character, I did, when thinking of who these characters were, sort of figured out their motivations in a way that a way that's deeper than what I used to do when just plotting. That's cool, but um, the more detailed will come later when you get into the actual uh, beginning to develop the story. I mean, the uh, you know manuscript. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like at this point, I'm just these are one page synopsis type things that I'm working on. So right. not a lot of depth, mostly trying to make sure I get the beats of the story correctly. Um, but once that's done, once I've basically picked a project and before I start writing for it, I'm going to want to have a very, especially these, this, these stories are very, they're, they're they depend on having a very clear understanding of the character. So I'm going to have to do this. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've hit our hit our time here, JF. Um, oh, I good. Think, <laughs> uh, yeah, we hit our forty-five minutes. Whoo, yeah. Come back next time, everybody, where we let's, ramble let's on for another out. forty-five, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that this has been very, very helpful, especially to me. And if any of you out there didn't have these tools or whatever, then you know, hopefully you add something to your toolbox. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to hearing how, how that process works for you, Paul. Uh, yeah, so I want sure to use report. I will definitely. Um, and, uh, I'm on spring break this week, so I don't have to work. So I'm going to do spend some time writing. So I'm happy about that. Uh, but well, I mean, that brings us to the end here, JF. My name is Paul Inman. You can follow me on Twitter at P-A-U-L-I-N-M-A-N-S-C, Paul Inman S-C. And uh, you can see me tweet things occasionally, like uh, I just tweeted a picture of the kids in the talent show because I did the talent show last week at school, which was amazing, mm-hmm. by the way. This one kid, he did beatboxing, and it was really, really out of nowhere good. I was like, wow, that's crazy. That was completely out of nowhere. Your turn. No, that's fine. That's fine. Paul, stop the presses. Okay. The Dragon Awards are coming. Yes, sir, they are. You are correct. Dear listeners, a lot of you are writers, so this is going to be a bit awkward to ask. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. Uh, Dragon Award nominations are going up right now. Um, Last year, I did the same thing where I asked people to go nominate my book. I did not think I would have to do this this year because I didn't think God in the Shed would be out early enough to be eligible. I was wrong. He was wrong. I was told by fellow Inkshare artists, no, your book is totally eligible. You should do something about that. And I'm a bit pissed because I thought I was on break, but I'm not. So here's the thing. Um... If you want to help us out, if you want to help out any author that you like, go to bit.ly slash dragonshed2017. 
That's Dragon Shed 2017. You will be taken to the Dragon Awards nomination page. Now, this does not pick the winner. It just picks who has a chance of being a winner. You could, I mean, if you if you like me and you want to force me to go to Dragon Con a second time, because that's what I did last year, I made a deal. If I'm nominated, I'm going to Dragon Con, no matter how deep into debt that puts me. <laughs> it was deep. It was really hard. It was a tough weekend. Anyways, um, I'm doing the same thing this year. If I get nominated, I'm going to go to Dragon Con and lose in person. So you can nominate A God in the Shed by J.F. Dubow for the horror novel category. But hey, you know what? You can uh, nominate other things. I don't... Ageless came out when? Uh, no, it's not eligible this year. Uh, that's what I thought. It so was eligible can, last year. So, so I, I would suggest, like, go check out what you read from Inkshares. Like, Dragon Awards is a new award, so it's, it's a good place for indie authors, new authors like me, like Paul, other people from Inkshares. I know you'll be tempted to nominate like a big name and that's cool. I get that. But indie authors need a bit of love too. So look at, at Inkshare's authors like the Brian Guthrie's, Tal Klein, uh, Tom Merritt, Rick Hines. Uh, like, Rick, all, yeah. All the... Rick. Hmm? I, I said, yeah, Rick. And uh, I think uh, is um, Jameson. I think Jameson is too. Jameson, Jameson Stone for Rooting New Princess. Look, look towards, and even if it's outsiding shares, look towards uh, in in the authors and help help uh, help us get a bit of visibility at the Dragon Awards, where we, while we still have a chance of being noticed. Uh, the I I mean I got nominated last year, and I'm still uh, I pretty much like I still have my day job, so I don't want to say it's a career changing nomination, but it does kind of help. Yeah, so that would be neat. Because now forever Otherwise, you can say you're a Dragon Award nominee. Absolutely. And I just remind, that just reminds me that I need to make sure that ends up on the cover of God in the Shed. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. So that'll be it for this, this week. Next week, um, I don't know if we'll be talking about characters again. We'll figure something out. It depends on uh, In one of our multi, multiple meetings during the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll you, you have your secretary call my secretary. Yeah. We'll do lunch. Exactly. There you go. Talk to everybody next time, next week, maybe. Next week. We're going to say next week, right, Jay? Next week. <laughs>